Now, I think many of us will agree that it feels like our world has been turned upside down. Suddenly the things that we take for granted, like meeting up with friends or family, or going on holiday, or going to work or to school, or even to meet together as church in the same room, all of these things have been put on hold. And all of this can make us feel isolated and alone, and afraid of what the the future holds. In this situation, we, we may wonder if we have the strength to keep going. And how could we ever serve God in this situation? Now, I know our, our situation is unique, but in many ways, I think this is how is pretty similar to how the disciples would have felt on their last night with, with Jesus. Their world had just also been turned upside down. Because Jesus, he just told them that one of their number would betray him, that Peter, the most outspoken, most full-on disciple, would deny him, and worst of all, that Jesus was going to leave them. Their hearts were troubled. How could they cope without Jesus, without his guidance, without his teaching, without his comfort? What were they supposed to do now? But Jesus, he wasn't going to leave them, leave them on their own. In our next section of John's Gospel that we're going to look at this morning, Jesus didn't only give them a different perspective on what was happening, but he promised to send help for their challenging times. So we're going to read, as I said, John chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 5 down to verse 15. So if you have a Bible, you can look on with us. If not, just listen as I read it to you. Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Now these disciples, they were clearly struggling with everything that was happening to them. Jesus said, as we just read, because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. Their minds were filled with anxiety. Their hearts were overwhelmed with sorrow. And I think that's completely understandable. 
Because Jesus had just told them that because of their commitment to him, the whole world system would hate them, would persecute them, would exclude them, and would even try to kill them. We read in verse 2 a couple of weeks ago, anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. And of course, their grief was not wrong. They weren't sinning by feeling like this. As we've seen in John's Gospel, Jesus was troubled at Lazarus' grave when he told his disciples about going to the cross and when he told his disciples about the betrayer. And then later in the Garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So feeling these emotions is not wrong. We are designed to respond emotionally to life. So if we feel troubled today, if we feel anxious, if we feel worried, we don't need to hide it. We don't need to kind of put on a fake smile. We can be real with each other. And we can be real with God. Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. But did you see what the disciples did in their grief? They were really upset as a result of what Jesus had said. In particular, they were struggling with the fact that Jesus said he was leaving them, and they didn't know where he was going. But Jesus said, yet none of you asks me where I am going. Now, earlier that evening, Peter, he had asked that question, Lord, where are you going? But when Peter asked that, he was more trying to take an opportunity to boast about his commitment to Jesus, rather than coming humbly and asking for understanding of what was happening. So these guys, they were struggling with what Jesus said. They were really distressed about it, but they didn't humbly express their struggles and ask Jesus for help. And I think that many of us can be like that. We can go through incredibly difficult and challenging times. We can be confused and distressed in those times. But instead of asking God to help us to understand them, or to see what he is doing through them, or to know how we should respond in them, we often just try and cope on our own. We often just try and deal with it in our own strength. But God doesn't want to leave us like that. He wants us to come to him. And ask him for the understanding that we need to live for him in every situation. So James, he says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should uh, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. Today, If we're struggling with stuff, if we're struggling with all that's happening in the world just now, if we're struggling to know what to do or or we get full of of questions, then we can bring them to God. 
then we can ask for the wisdom that we need from God. He may not give us all the answers we we look for, but he will help us to cope in this difficult situation. And that's what Jesus went on to do for his disciples. He gave them the wisdom to see what was happening in their lives at that time from God's perspective. And he did this with a statement that was seemingly contradictory. It looked, at first look, it looked contradictory. It looked like it contradicted itself. Verse 7. It is for your good that I am going away. Now, that doesn't seem to make sense. Jesus was their friend, their teacher, their leader. He brought amazing revelation and comfort and joy into their lives. He performed miracles, taught them amazing truth, started a movement that would change the world. So how could it be for their good that he was going to leave them? Well, first of all, it was because Jesus was going to the cross. He was going to be arrested and condemned and tortured and killed, but this was not going to be a tragedy. Instead, this was a victory that would pay for their salvation. 1 Peter 3.18, Christ died for our sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. So it would be for their good that he would leave them because he was going to the cross to pay for their sins. But Jesus wasn't just going to the cross. He was also going to the tomb. And then on the third day he would rise again. And then ultimately he would ascend to his father's right hand and from there he would send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to everyone who would Put their faith in him. This is what Jesus said, verse 7. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And this gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit would change everything. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to specific people at specific times to empower them for specific tasks. But now the Holy Spirit would come into the lives of everybody who would trust in Jesus. And he would come to stay as the permanent presence of God in us. So Jesus leaving It looked like the worst thing that could happen. But in actual fact, it was the best. Through it, God was working out his amazing plan of of rescuing us and coming to live in us. Now, of course, those events were were unique. They were once-off. But God has promised that he is similarly working for our good, even in the difficult times of our lives. I'm sure many of us know this verse and treasure this verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. 
In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Of course, that doesn't mean that everything's going to work out as we hope. But it does mean that even in the most difficult of situations, the most challenging times, the times like now, God is still working for our ultimate good. He's still working to accomplish his purpose and his plan for our lives. So Jesus leaving, leaving these disciples, wasn't a disaster. Instead, it was for their good. Because it would bring the gift of salvation, and it would bring the gift of the Spirit. And Jesus went on to explain just how wonderful this gift of the Holy Spirit would be. And he, and he talks about two aspects of this, the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had given these disciples a really crucial job. He said to them in chapter 15, verse 27, you must all, you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. These disciples needed to share the truth of his perfect life and his life-changing ministry and his sacrificial death and his glorious resurrection. But this wasn't going to be easy. Many people would reject him. Many people would persecute them, just as they persecuted and rejected Jesus. So the question is, how could these this ragtag group of guys change people's minds and lead them to put their faith in Jesus? Well, it was because of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 of our passage. When he comes, he, that's the Spirit, will convict the world of guilt. It was the job of the disciples to share the gospel. They had to testify to the truth about Jesus. They had to explain who he is and what he accomplished. But it would be the job of the Holy Spirit to impact the people's lives. It would be the Spirit who would expose the guilt in their hearts. It was the Holy Spirit who would convince them of their need for salvation. It was the Spirit who would bring them to repentance. And he would do this by exposing three things. First of all, he would expose their guilt in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. The ultimate rebellion of humanity is to reject Jesus. It's that sin that leaves people guilty before God. And the Holy Spirit would convict people of that. And then he'll expose their guilt in regard to righteousness. Because I'm going to the Father. The Jews condemned Jesus to death because they believed that he was unrighteous. But the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus declared him righteous. And the Spirit will convince people of that truth. And so expose 
their unrighteousness. And then thirdly, he'll expose their guilt in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The next day, Jesus would be condemned to die by this world. But on the cross, it was Satan who was condemned. And oh, he's still fighting against God's people, but he is a defeated force. And so the Spirit would convince people that the devil is heading for judgment. But also the Spirit would convince people that so are they heading for judgment if it's the devil that they follow. So this is what the Spirit does in the world. Through the witness of God's people, he exposes the unbelief in a sinner's heart. He convinces them that they don't measure up to God's or Christ's righteousness. And he reveals to them that they stand condemned before God. And the Spirit does this to bring people to repentance and faith in Jesus. And we can see that this actually happened on the day of Pentecost. Remember that amazing day when the Spirit was given to the church. Peter preached the gospel set message. And the people, it says, were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They were impacted by what what Peter had said. And Peter's answer was, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of of your sins. And that day, 3,000 people trusted in Jesus. They repented and they, they put their faith in Jesus and they were saved. And the amazing good news is, That the Holy Spirit is doing the same work today. This world so desperately needs to hear about Jesus today. Especially in the middle of this pandemic. But the challenge of sharing the gospel seems so great. How can we convince people of their need of Jesus in this time? Well the wonderful news is. It's not our job. It's the Spirit who does this. Yes, we need to speak up about Jesus. We need to share what he has done in our lives. We need to tell people about who he is and explain as best as we can what the gospel really is all about. But we can trust that despite our limitations, our inadequacies, uh, our restrictions and what we can do, that the Holy Spirit will work through us to convict people of their guilt and bring them to faith in Christ. Today, we don't need to be overwhelmed with this responsibility to share the gospel. We can rejoice that we're working in partnership with God As we testify to who Jesus is, it's the Holy Spirit who works in people's hearts to bring them to faith.
But there's a second aspect of the work of the Spirit that Jesus talked about here. The Holy Spirit was not just coming to convict the world. He was also coming to counsel God's people. He is the counsellor. Or the word here is the paraclete. He is the advocate, the encourager, the helper. He is the one who gently comes alongside us to help and to support us to live out God's plan for our lives. And he will do this by guiding us into all the truth. The disciples, they weren't ready. They weren't ready to hear everything that they needed to know. They were struggling to take it all in. But Jesus said in verse 13, But when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide them into the truth that they couldn't cope with at that point. And he would do this by connecting them with the truth of of Jesus. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He would continue to teach them the Father's truth. Just as Jesus had done throughout his whole earthly ministry. But not only that, he will also tell you what is yet to come. The disciples, they didn't understand what was coming. But the Holy Spirit would explain to them what was going to happen. He would explain to them the meaning of the cross. He would explain to them the meaning of the empty tomb. He would explain the meaning of the the ascension. But he would also point forward and explain to them the judgment that was to come. And in doing all of this, he would glorify Jesus. Look what Jesus said in verse 14. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. This is the key work of the Spirit. He would reveal to these disciples the true worth and majesty of Jesus. He would reveal his true identity as the Son of God. He would reveal his true mission as the Saviour of the world. And he would reveal his true destiny as the sovereign of the universe. He would reveal all of what this meant to the disciples, how this would impact their lives. And he would help them to step into that, to push into this reality. He would bring them further and further into the reality of who Jesus really is. Into the life that Jesus had won for them on the cross. And in response, they would glorify and worship him. Because he alone deserves it all. And today, through the inspired word of God, the Holy Spirit continues to reveal his truth to us. That, after all, is why John wrote his gospel. John writes in in chapter 20, verse 31, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing 
you may have life in his name. So if we trusted in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit lives in us. And he takes the Bible and he uses it to teach us more about Jesus. He helps us to grow in our understanding and appreciation of who he is. Of what he said. Of what he accomplished through his death and his resurrection. What he is still doing in our lives. And what he will do when he returns. And as a result, it is the work of the Holy Spirit who enables us to enter more and more into the reality of all of this. Into this eternal life that we have received. So that we can more and more glorify our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So guys, when we don't understand, when we're confused about who we are, or our value, or our purpose, when we are afraid in this present situation, or we're concerned about our future, when we feel unable to keep going, when we when we just feel that it's all just too much for us, we don't need to be overwhelmed with grief. We don't need to give up. And neither do we need to just try and pull our socks up and, and try and just muddle through this, this, this life. Because we're not on our own in this challenging time. We can trust that God is working for our good. Even when it doesn't look like it. And we can trust that the Spirit is working through us to impact this world with the gospel of Jesus. And we can trust that the Spirit is working in us so that we can grow more and more in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ.